Today, we're kicking off a brand new message series into a brand new year called First Things First. And um, I started thinking about and praying about, you know, going into the new year, oftentimes we, we always have message series that are kind of geared to change and, uh, you know, how are we going to change? Because if we're going to be honest with each other, statistically speaking, most people want to change, like especially going into a new year. We desire to change. There's something innately built into us that the things that we don't like about ourselves, the things that maybe held us back from experiencing all the, the fullness of the promises of God. And by the way, this is a church, and I have a, a deep conviction. One of my passions as a pastor is to help people uh, really tap into the fullness of all that God has for them. And so we're a church that believes in that. We are a spirit-filled church. We're a charismatic church. We don't uh, shy away from that. We believe in the infilling and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we believe in the power and the presence of God. And so as I'm praying for you, I'm praying that you not only come to church, but you encounter the reality of the presence of the living God. Do you know that's what we're here for, right? This isn't just another service. This isn't just something we check off our box. We went to church. But this is actually an opportunity for us to encounter the reality of the living God and to encounter his presence and to encounter his power in our life. And I believe for a lot of us, that's what we need more than anything. We need the power and the presence of, our, of God to be the first thing in our life going into this new year if we're going to see breakthrough. Um, how many of you have ever seen the movie City Slickers? How many? Love it. Love, love, love that movie. In fact, I, I kind of consider myself a city slicker. So much so that when uh, my wife and I moved here, so for, for those of you who don't know me, haven't been around Hope Church a long time, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a city kid. I grew up in Yonkers, New York. Uh, went to St. Bartholomew's parochial school. Would walk home on the pavement of Yonkers, stop by the local pizza place and get actually a good piece of pizza, um, which is very rare to find out here in Montana. But uh, I'm a city kid through and through. And yet God called my wife and I out here to Montana over 23 years ago, 23, somewhere around there years ago. And when he called us, it didn't make sense to me or my wife. In fact, my family thought we were nuts. We thought we'd lost it. Just graduated college, graduated with honors. My whole life was in front of me. My plan was to go to grad school. I was going to get my doctorate. And God kind of interrupted my plan. How many of you are grateful this morning that God interrupts our plans? I, I like uh, that country song that says, uh, I thank God for unanswered prayers, right? Sometimes the unanswered prayers are the best ones. And sometimes God interrupts our plans. And I actually pray and hope that God interrupts some of our plans going into 2023 with his divine appointments. And he spoke sovereignly to us to, to move out here to Montana. We didn't understand it, but we've always tried to live our lives. Now, hear me. Not perfectly, a lot of times, but we've always, and we've tried to teach our kids this, we've lived under the premise that when you put God first in your life, everything else seems to fall into place. And even though I didn't understand God's calling me to Montana, we knew that if we would just put God first and obey his word, that there had to be something in it for us. And so we learned that principle. I love that movie, um, City Slickers, um, and uh, there's a scene in that movie in particular that I love. And, and the whole premise, if you don't know the movie or just to refresh your memory, uh, Billy, uh, I want to say Billy Idol, Billy Crystal, thank you. The actor Billy Crystal, he's a city guy and 
he, he's kind of going through divorce or something with the, in his marriage, and he's kind of lost sight of life, like can happen to a lot of us. And he's trying to figure out, like, he's having a midlife crisis. He's trying to figure out the meaning of life, what's his purpose in life, and he's a little bit disillusioned with that. And so he signs up to go to this dude ranch, you know, out, out in, in the country. Uh, yeah, thank you, Yellowstone. That's why a lot of you are here right now, because, you know, of a movie like that. But I uh, moved to Montana because we're just going to go into the great open wild and we're going to, you know, rein in cattle and all that. But he goes to this dude ranch uh, to find the meaning of life. And then the guy who kind of leads this is this really older gentleman named Curly, just tough old cowboy. And, uh, you know, cigarette in the mouth and everything, and just weathered face. And um, they're riding together one time. And there's this one scene in the movie. It's great. And they're riding together and having this good conversation. And, uh, you know, Billy Crystal's character looks to him and says, you know, what, what's, what, do you, what is the meaning of life? What's the purpose of life? And Curly kind of looks at him with the scorn Indian eyes and the cigarette hanging out of his mouth and his cowboy hat on. And, and he says, it's this one thing. And Bill, Billy Crystal, in the way that he can only do, he's like, what? He's like, it's the one thing that's the secret of life. And he's like, what's, what's that, your finger? <laughs> he's like, that's the secret of life? It's your finger? And he's like, no. He's like, it's this one thing. He's like, I can't tell you what that one thing is, but you find that one thing, and that's the secret of life. Today, we're going to look at a passage of Scripture, and we're going to kick off this whole message series where I believe Jesus, after brilliantly probably giving the best sermon ever, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, goes on to give instructions for living according to the kingdom. And we're going to look at during uh, this series, and, and by the way, um, while I'm, I'm, I'm doing that, I just want to take a moment before I forget to welcome our Hope Church Eureka. Would you do me a favor? Put your hands together for our brothers and sisters in Eureka. Love you guys so much. And of course, I want to welcome all of you who are joining us online for this first service uh, of the new year. And we're kicking off this message series, First Things First. And, and Jesus, he presents this brilliant message called the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5. And then he goes on to, to really talk about the things that matter. And during this message series, First Things First, we're going to look at the kingdom of God. And we're going to look at what this idea of the upside-down kingdom, that God's kingdom is so contrary, so different than the kingdom of this world, that oftentimes, in fact, Jesus talked about the kingdom around 123 times. 123. But we don't talk about the kingdom of God, I don't think, enough in the church today. Because in our self-centered culture, everything revolves around us. And yet Jesus was trying to get them to understand that it's not about you. It's about the kingdom of God. And that when you put the kingdom of God first, you put your priorities in the right order. And so we're going to pick up at the end of that Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 31. If you have your Bibles with you, you may turn there. If not, it's fine. We're going to have it um, put up here on the screen for you. You can follow along with that. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 through 33 says this. After Jesus kind of talking about all the things that we worry about in life, and even going into 2023, you might be here this morning, 
And there's a lot of things weighing you, weighing on you, worrying you. Uh, there's fears going into a new year oftentimes with all the, the, the talk of recession and the unstable economy and wars happening in the world and the threat of, of nuclear war and World War III and things that our kids are being faced with. And I mean, there's just so many things that we can worry about going to 2023. And Jesus begins to speak right into their fears and right into their worries. Then I believe he's gonna speak right into our fears and our worries this morning. He says, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans, now let me just set that up for you for those of you who may not understand. Basically think of it for people who don't know God and don't have relationship with God and, and don't care to. People of the world that don't want to have anything to do with God. And maybe that's some of you here this morning. And I would just encourage you that this is a safe place where you can even explore your faith and what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And you're going to have an opportunity to actually put your faith and trust in Jesus today at the end of the service. So don't worry about what you will eat, what you will drink, what you will wear. For the pagans, what do they do? They run after all these things. And here's the deal. Your heavenly father knows that you need them. I love that we serve a God that sees us. Aren't you grateful that we serve a God that isn't distant, like we sang earlier, he's Emmanuel, God with us. He's here right now, he's present with us in this room, and he's not unaware of your needs. How many of you are grateful for that? That we serve a God that sees you, he sees your needs, he knows what you need even before you need them. But here's the key in verse 33, and this is really where we're gonna hone in on this morning. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. The title of my message to you this morning is simple. Seek first. Seek first. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for your presence here this morning. God, I thank you for your word that convicts us, that challenges us, that changes us. God, I pray today that not one word that proceeds out of your mouth would fall short today, but every single word, according to your word in Scripture, would accomplish the purpose for which you bring it forth. God, I'm your vessel today. Speak through me, Holy Spirit. This is your service. It's your church. It's your microphone. It's your message. I pray that you would speak through me. Let it not be just in word but let it be in power. God, I pray that you would anoint me to preach your word in power today. Let it have the power to transform us. Let every single person not leave the same that we came in. Every single person in Eureka, every single person online. That is my prayer. I pray that you would fulfill it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, amen. You know, we can make Christianity so complex, can't we? I think there's like a gazillion books out there and I'm a book reader. I've got, if you ever come to my office, I've got, you know, I've got a library of books. And, and sometimes I get a little bit like stressed out looking at those books because all of them are good and all of them, you know, have an aspect of our spiritual growth in life that we need. You know, we, there's so many things that we can, we need to pray more. That's the answer. You know, we, we, we need to read our Bibles more. That's the answer. But for a lot of us, if we're going to be honest with each other, we're, we're looking for change going into the new year. 
But as I like to say to my kids and to my 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 smelf, uh, my Smurfs, that's from my childhood. Sorry for that. Um, but, but but myself preaching to myself is, if something doesn't change, nothing's going to change. And yet, for a lot of us, we seek change, but I think we seek it in all the wrong places. Come on, looking for love and all. We're, we're looking for change in all the wrong places. And now, hear me, there's nothing wrong with uh, having a renewed passion to go to the gym. There's nothing wrong with a, a renewed passion to have a better diet, to uh, have some good habits in your life, to uh, you know, cook more, clean more, do whatever more. But I, I'm not here to be your, your, your coach, if you will, this morning on how to have a better life, right? There's plenty of books out there. And if you're looking for self-help, there's plenty of books out there to help with that. And a lot of them, you know, honestly, there's good principles. In fact, a lot of the principles out of those books are out of the book, the Bible. They're God wisdom. They're God wisdom. But I don't want to start out the new year just trying to give you some good things to do to try to help your life change. We, as the people of God, we want to make sure that we have the most important thing that we're seeking first. It's about priorities. I think this is where a lot of us, even thinking about my life, and I have a habit of doing that, going from one year to the next, I sit down and just kind of ponder my year in review and the year going forward. And, and what strikes me always is the amount of time I waste on things that aren't really important. And, and the things that are most important to me or that I value somehow get lost in the mix of life. They get lost in the mix of our calendars and, and we become slaves, if you will, to the clock. I like um, Stephen Covey. Uh, he's one of those guys that's self-help, but it's really good, rich material. He wrote a book called First Things First. And in that book, he talks about the difference between the clock and a compass. And a lot of us, we, we find this tension between the clock. The clock kind of represents uh, our, our time, our appointments, our calendars, things that we do, um, commitments that we've made, uh, and, all, and how we spend our time. The compass represents things that matter to us, our values, um, things that are our priorities in our life and how for a lot of us, the reality is we, we carry this tension between the clock and the compass. We carry this tension between the, the time that we have and the things that matter most deeply to us. And even for a lot of us, I would just encourage you going into the new year, we haven't even considered or taken the time to hit the pause button and say, you know, what does really matter to me? What is important to me? It's this thing called priorities. I want to give you a definition of priority. A priority is something that you do or, a, or deal with first. Listen to that. Because it's more important or urgent than the other things. And for a lot of us, we, we neglect the things that are most important, that should be first in our life at, at the... Um, and the things that are most important, they take a back seat and they get neglected. And what happens when that happens is for a lot of us, we live with regret. And I want to try to help us not live with regret. And even as I say that, for, for many of us, we could think about the years and the time that has gone by and, and have we really 
put our focus on and attention on the things that matter most. There's, um, there's something, a quote from Stephen Covey that I, le- that I think is important. He said this, anything less than a conscious commitment to the important first things is an unconscious commitment to the unimportant. So for, the, for a lot of us, we're not even stopping to take the time to think about what is a priority to me? What do I value? What, what am I seeking? And, and, and how are we going to do that? And I think this is where the rubber meets the road for a lot of us, spiritually speaking, is we prioritize the wrong things. We don't seek first the kingdom of God. We seek first all the things that we need or we think we need and all the things that we want and the change that we want. And in doing so, we reverse the gospel. We reverse the divine order that God set into motion for us to experience the life, the love, the joy, the peace, and the power of God. How many of you want more of the love, the joy, and the peace of the power of God in 2023? Well, maybe the problem isn't that we're not going to the gym enough, isn't, the, isn't that we're eating the wrong foods enough, that we haven't lost enough weight, that we, uh, we haven't broken some of those bad habits. Maybe if we would stop focusing on our New Year's resolutions and start seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all the other things would be added to us. All the things, when you put God first, all the other things have just a way of falling into place in our life. But why aren't we seeing those things happen? I believe for a couple reasons I want to share with you. Number one is we prioritize the temporary over the eternal. We prioritize the temporary over the eternal. You know, when you put it, when you compare most of the things we spend our time and we give our life to, to in light of eternity, how much does it really matter? Is it really a priority? Should it really be giving, getting the attention, the time, the investment of our life, our, our energy? Come on, the older I get, the, the more I realize that like I only have so much energy like in a day to give myself to certain things, whether it's mental energy, emotional energy, and, and when, whatever you give your, your energy to, you're, you're spending your life on, really. And, and I want to help us, I want to help myself not to spend or waste my life on things in the light of eternity that don't really matter. Am I speaking to anybody this morning? I want to remind you what we just wrote. Jesus was saying, so don't worry. How much of our time do we spend just worrying? Worrying is faith in reverse. It's actually putting, putting uh, our faith into fear instead of our faith and trust in God. There's a scripture that says, trust in the Lord with what all your heart. In other words, put trust, put your faith first. And he says, hey, trust in the Lord with all your heart and he will direct your paths. When you seek God first, he's going to direct your paths. In fact, there's a, there's a message in this uh, series that I'm going to preach to you that's going to help some of us. Some of you are going to the new year. You need direction for your life. You've got decisions in front of you. Maybe you need decisions on your kids, your business, your marriage, uh, just for your personal life. Maybe you're at a crossroads. There's some th- big decisions that you need to make. And let me tell you, I think too many times we make decisions apart from God instead of seeking for God first we just take things in our own hands. 
We worry about things. We, we're anxious about things. We fear things. And Jesus is reminding us this morning, don't worry, saying, what shall we eat? What, what, shall, what shall I do? What do I do about my business? What do I do about my kids? I don't know what to do about this. How do I do this? And he goes on in verse 32 to say this. He says, for the pagans, listen, people that don't know God, that's what they're doing. That's what the world's doing. In fact, we get so caught up in what the world is doing that we adopt more of the world's principles than we do God's principles and priorities. We start to take on the values of the world and we buy into the upside down in reverse kingdom and God is saying, no, we're gonna flip the script. He says, don't conform to the pattern because there's a pattern, there's a way of thinking, there are priorities, there's values of this world that, uh, that will try to help you to change. But let me tell you, self-help is no help at all. You wanna help yourself? Seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. They'll be given to you. But the problem is, we put the temporary over the internal. I go with my feelings first. I'm led by my feelings more than I am my faith. I'm led by my flesh, my own self, my own desires, what I wanna do, what I think's best for my life, what, what I wanna do in the new year. And when we do that, we act just like people that don't know God. We're running after the things of this world instead of, running and pursuing and seeking God first. Come on, and we don't want to do that. We got two great enemies. You have two, actually three, that will hold you back from all the things that wants, God wants to do in your life in 2023. The devil, Satan, your great enemy, the world, and yourself. And honestly, I think we do more self-damage to ourselves than we think. Now, um, it was funny, I was at the gym uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I, a lot of you know that I, I'd been rehabbing from a couple of different surgeries that I had. I'm, I'm hoping I am going to be surgery free going into 2023. Praise God. So I was, uh, I was out of the gym for a little while, but I got back in the gym before New Year's, by the way, just saying. And uh, I, I was cracking up because I was on the treadmill and I was next to this guy and he was just cracking me. In fact, I was really trying. You know, it's kind of awkward sometimes. You're on a treadmill, and there's a treadmill here and a treadmill there. And I go to the summit, and this guy was on the treadmill. And when I first got on the treadmill, I kind of peeked over, and I did like a double take. And then I was trying really hard not to stare at him because uh, he, he had on these, this, I mean, I don't know if he had leg warmers on or whatever, but he was like decked out. I mean, you know, in the, in the workout gear. And he had this headband going across and he's sweating. He's got a towel around his neck and he's, and he's sweating. But what struck me wasn't like his outfit or what he's doing, but what struck me, he's got this big belly. I mean, this big belly. And I'm like, yeah, you go for it, bro. That's, that's right. Good. You got to work that off. That's cool. And, uh, but what struck me was not only was he exercising, but in the cup holder, so he had his iPad, he had a TV set up, he had an iPad set up, he was watching something, he was listening to something, and he had this 24-ounce Frappuccino <laughs> in the cup holder, sipping on that thing while he's exercising, with whipped cream, mind you. 
I mean, with whipped cream. You know, now I'm gonna, I'll have a Frappuccino, hold the whipped cream. Now I'm, yeah, I'm really healthy now. He had a 24 ounce, no joke, Frappuccino. He's working out and he's sucking down that Frappuccino. And then he hits pause. I'm really trying not to watch this guy, but it's really hard. He hits pause on the, on the treadmill and he goes down and he's got this, he's got this bag, he's got this backpack in. He goes in his backpack and he pulls out like three bars. I kid you not, three bars. And these are not like healthy RX bar granola bars, like with three egg whites, five bananas, two dates, and tastes like nothing. It's not healthy bar, mind you. This is like chocolate chunks. I mean, this is like glorified candy bar in a granola bar wrap, wrapper, right? And he's eating these bars like they're going out of business while he's exercising and while he's got one hand on the frappuccino, one on the granola bar, and he's doing his thing, sweating to the oldies on the, on the treadmill. And I'm just, I really want, I was so tempted to take a little picture, but I was like afraid, you know, the guy would see me and then that'd be awkward. <laughs> but I thought, you know, what listen I'm looking at this thing and I'm thinking to myself oh my gosh this is a lot like how we treat our spiritual life we start the new year we're going to read our bible more we're going to pray more we're going to seek God more but I'm still holding on to things of the world I'm still sucking down the, the, the Kool-Aid that the world is trying to feed me, that make yourself happy, go with your feelings, all these things. We're holding on to the world with one hand and we're trying to grab a hold of Jesus with the other. And let me tell you, he even says earlier, he says, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. You can't follow me and follow the world. It doesn't work. You got to let go of one to embrace the other. You can't seek the things of the world and seek me and expect all these things to be added unto you. If we would just let go. In fact, while I was preparing this, the Holy Spirit told me to tell some of you to let go. It's time to let go. You've been holding on to some things, thinking they're going to make you happy. Maybe it's a, a private sin. Maybe it's something from your past. Maybe it's something that you go to for comfort other than seeking God for comfort. Whatever it may be, God told me to tell you, let it go. You can't grab a hold of the hand of God holding on to the things of the world. You can't pursue God first and hold on to the world at the same time. It doesn't work. You gotta let it go. Seek first the kingdom. I love this quote from C.S. Lewis. He says, human history is the long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God which will make him happy. And this, isn't this a lot like us? We're just trying to find things to make us happy. And God's saying, if you'll just seek me first, you'll get happiness as a byproduct of seeking me first. Because even though there's, there's mourning at night, there's joy in the morning, right? right. I, I, I'm gonna exchange beauty for ashes. Some of you, you've been through some things in the last year, and God is saying, if you'll seek me first, I'll, I'll, I'll exchange beauty for the ashes of your life. Some of you think things are, are burnt down. There's, there's no restoring it. It's over. It's finished. And God says, it isn't finished until I say it's finished. Don't put a period where I put a comma or semicolon. God isn't finished with your life, and God can rebuild all things. I don't care how far gone you think your marriage is. I believe God can restore it. God can heal it. But he isn't going to do it by you reading another marriage book and trying to make some changes. He's going to do it when you start to seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. The second thing we try to do is we try to seek for self-fulfillment. 
And man, there is no fulfilling self. In fact, this is, this is part of the upside down kingdom. We think if we take care of ourselves, if we make ourselves happy, if we're, we fulfill ourselves with what, whatever we want to do, but God says, no, if you'll deny yourself, take up your cross and come seek me and follow me and you will find me and I guarantee you something, when you find him, you find life. And you don't just find any life. Jesus said, 10, 10, I've came, I've come so that they may have life and not just have a little bit of it. He said, I came to give you the full meal deal, baby. I came to give you the combo meal. You get everything when you get me. But if you don't get me, you get nothing. But the problem is the devil's tricked some of us into believing that we could have everything in life. <laughs> Jesus even would say, you know, for those of you who, who think you're gonna give your life to this and have everything, only to lose your own soul in the process. So this is what we're gonna do, church, for 21 days, starting today. And this is new for some of you. We have some amazing uh, fasting, 21 days of prayer and fasting booklets I want you to take. And for some of you, this is completely new. You don't even know what I'm talking about right now. Some of you, you've been around, you know, you know the routine. This is what we do going into to the new year. We take time as a church, as families, as couples, individually, to pray and fast for 21 days. And let me tell you something. Fasting breaks the power of the world and self over us. Because in fasting, you're denying yourself. So when we fast, and the booklet can explain a lot of it. I don't have time to get into all the details this morning. But let me tell you what we do when we fast. And fasting could be that you give up food that you just drink water, that's, that's extreme. That's awesome if you want to do that. And there's times and periods for doing that. And maybe God would speak to you for you to do that. There's also the Daniel fast, which you only eat certain foods, like fruits, vegetables, and uh, nuts, berries, you know, pretty much anything, you know, natural apart from meat or sugar, um, things like that. Uh, you could do a partial fast where you fast all food part of the day or half a day, and then you, you eat a meal. You could fast a meal. You could fast certain things, sugars, processed foods, whatever it is. You could fast social media. You could fast Netflix. You could fast anything that is sucking up your time and taking away from you seeking first the kingdom of God. Maybe that there's something in your life that is taking the place of a priority that shouldn't. And this is a great opportunity for us to fast and pray. Fasting breaks the power of the world and self over us. I, I like to say it like this. If you aren't hungry for God, then you're probably full of yourself. Think about that. A lot, a lot of us are so full of ourself, there's no room for God. We're so busy using our time, our treasures, our talents on, on the things for us, and instead of giving it to God, we're so full of ourselves. and God says, I wanna pour out my spirit on you. And we don't even have any room for God in our life because we're so full of ourselves. You can't be full of God and full of yourself at the same time. You gotta empty yourself. The other thing we do is we prioritize the external over the internal. We prioritize the external over the internal. We try to clean up the outside without allowing the Holy Spirit to clean up our character. And too many times we try and start out the new year and we're worried about how we look. We're gonna go to the gym, we're gonna lose, we're gonna diet, we're gonna lose 20 pounds. Uh, you know, I'm gonna be out of time. All these things, but when you think about it, what's our priority yeah. in the change? Is it so that we look better? 
Is it that on the outside we look better to other people and we somehow feel better about ourselves? Come on, Jesus would even warn the religious people of the day. He said, woe to you, teachers of the law and the Pharisees, you hypocrites. And that word hypocrite is actually the Greek word. It means actor. It's like, it's like you're living life and you're projecting one thing to other people, but the reality on the outside, you look good, but on the inside, you're a mess. You got some things, man, that are not good, that are not healthy, and you need me to clean them up. He says, you clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but the inside, they're full of greed and what? Self-indulgence. He says, blind Pharisees, Listen, he was rebuking him, but he was trying to help him. First clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will be clean. This is how true change happens. It doesn't happen from us cleaning up things on the outside. It happens when we seek first the kingdom of God and what? His righteousness. It's not my righteousness. I don't need to try to clean up my act. This is, this is the process. This is the difference between... Uh, I'll get a little theological on you here for a minute. Justification and sanctification. Justification is a free gift. It's the grace of God. It is because of what Jesus did on the cross. He took on all your sin and my sin and nailing it to the cross, he said it's finished. By the blood of Christ, he covers all our sin. He atoned for it. It's forgiven, it's forgotten, it is no more. But he also did something else. See, grace is getting something we don't deserve. Mercy is, getting, is not getting something we do deserve. We all deserve to die and go to hell, if we're gonna be honest with each other. But Jesus didn't do that. He showed us mercy by dying on the cross as us, for us, so that we could be forgiven and free of our sin. But he didn't stop there. He gave us his gift of grace, which is, he said, now I'm gonna take on all your sin and I'm gonna impute. In other words, I'm gonna transfer all my goodness and righteousness to you. So in your account, I'm wiping your account clean of all your past sin, of all your, your junk, your forget, your, the, the stuff that's in here. I'm cleaning out your account and I'm putting into your account all my goodness, all my righteousness. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. That's the gospel. You see, this is how we're changed. Now, that's justification. It is just as if we had never sinned. That's how God sees you this morning. And you receive it by faith and by faith alone and belief in Jesus. However, we are changed, transformed, sanctified. Sanctification is the process of becoming holy. It's the process of becoming more and more righteous. So we are declared righteous by God and we're becoming righteous as we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Yes. Amen? Yes. So seeking God first changes us. You want to be changed in 2023? Seek first the kingdom of God. And I love this, what Eugene Peterson said. He said, so here's what I want you to do. Check this out, Romans 12 too. Here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. This is what we're going to do during these 21 days. You're sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can offer to do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, Come on, church. We're going to seek first. We're going to fix our attention. Next verse. 
And fix your attention on God, and what will happen is you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what God wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. If we want to change in 2023, it isn't going to happen because we read another book, go to another, it's going to happen because we seek God, but that's the problem. For a lot of us, we're good with coming to church, but we're good leaving church. And we're good coming back next Sunday, and then we don't seek God for another Sunday. Some of us were good with doing a devotional in the morning and then living life how we want to live the rest of the day. Some of us are good with coming to church or going to small group and then living life the way we want to live the rest of the week. It's called complacent Christianity. And I believe this is one of the biggest things that is plaguing the modern day church today. We take the things of God way too lightly. We are seeking a holy God. We're seeking the kingdom. Do you understand what the kingdom is? The kingdom is ruled and reigned by a king. Now, here's our problem. We don't see him, so it's not top of mind. But let me tell you, one of my prayers for you and me during these 21 days of prayer and fasting is that we would start to see and remind ourselves of the awesomeness, the goodness, the supremacy of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's not just our Savior. He needs to become our Lord. And for too many of us, we pray to prayer and we know we're going to heaven, but he isn't Lord of our life. He might have saved us from our sins, but is he sitting on the throne of your heart? Or are we just kind of casually seeking God? Yeah, you know, I come to worship. I'm sipping on my coffee and I got my hand up. And yeah, this is, I'm grooving to this song. But are you pursuing him? Are you worshiping him in spirit and truth? We're gonna, we're gonna, during these 21 days, we're gonna break off complacency by pursuing God, by seeking him first. That's what we're gonna do. I love A.W. Tozer, there's a quote from him. He says this, complacency is a deadly foe of all spiritual growth. You know how many people say for their New Year's resolution, I wanna read my Bible more. I wanna spend more time with God. I wanna go to church more. I wanna get more involved in my church. I wanna serve my church. And after 60, 90 days, let me tell you, this service is pretty full. In 60 days, usually it's not as full. You know why? Because we don't stick with seeking God. We get complacent. We allow other priorities to creep in and I just be more comfortable to stay home today and I'll watch church in my sleep. And there ain't nothing wrong with watching church online, okay? Hear me? It's there for a reason. If you're sick, if you can't make it, if you're out of town, but how many of us got into the habit of just being complacent and allowing to sit back and somebody else to feed me spiritually? What if you sought God first? What would you experience? What could God tell you? What if you kept pressing in? Matthew 7, 7, I'm gonna end with this. It says this in the Amplified. Ask, ask once. Some of us, we prayed prayers and God didn't answer and we're like, dang, that's too bad. But what if we did what scripture said and we ask and keep on asking? What if we sought God and we knocked on the door? And what if we kept knocking? 
What if we got so annoying to God, like, like the, the widow, the persistent widow, that, that God just said, man, I am just, this guy just won't leave me alone. I'm gonna give you what you're asking for because you keep knocking, you keep seeking, you keep pressing in, you keep praying. He says, for everyone, listen, for everyone, everyone, not just pastors, not just good people, not people that come to church all the time. Maybe here today you're visiting. This is for everyone who keeps on asking, does what? Receives. And he who keeps seeking, they find. And those who find him, they keep on knocking. The doors are open. There's doors. Man, listen, prophetically speaking, I'm telling you, there's doors of promise that some of you haven't opened yet. Let me tell you, there's doors in 2023 that some of you have not opened because you have not been persistent in seeking God and knocking and knocking and knocking. And I'm telling you, if you put God first in every area of your life, if you're gonna do that, it starts by surrendering every area of your life. Every area, God first. He's on the throne of my heart. And we're going to close today a little bit different. We thought it'd be awesome to just close our service by responding to this word, by taking communion together. I was thinking about surrender. And I believe there's some of you in the room today, in fact, when we come and we take the elements here in just a moment, I want you to go take those elements back to your seat. And I want you to take a moment and ask the Holy Spirit, Have I really put God first in my life? Have I really sought Him first? Is He really the priority of my life? And for some of us, we're gonna need to do something called repent. We're gonna need to change the way that we do things, the way that we think. And we're gonna need to surrender to God and say, God, forgive me for not seeking you first in my life. I don't want this to just be a New Year's thing. I want this to be our lifestyle church, that we become a seek first church. That in every area of our life, we don't do anything without seeking God first and his kingdom and his righteousness. If we're gonna do that, we need to follow the example of Jesus on the night that he was betrayed, betrayed by one of his closest friends. He was in so much anguish and grief that after supper, after the supper that he took the cup and said, every time you drink this, this represents the new covenant. The new covenant represents the new promise of God that your righteousness isn't based on your own righteousness. It's based on the finished work of Jesus on the cross. He said, this blood, this cup represents the new covenant, my blood. Every time you drink of it, remember you're forgiven and free. And then likewise, it says he took the bread, he broke it. He said, this is, represents my body, which is broken for you. Every time you eat it, remember the pain, the suffering that I went through so you could be free. You could find breakthrough because of my broken bones. But then after supper, it says he went out to the Mount of Olives to pray and he was under so much anguish, he fell to the ground and he prayed one of the most beautiful prayers. It's a prayer that I think we need to pray. He said, God, if there's any other way to take this cup from me, if there's any other way for change to happen, 
Can you do it? No. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. As you come forward to receive the elements and take them back, could that be our prayer? I am surrendering my will to receive your life. I wanna pray, but before we pray, I just wanna ask, is there anyone here this first Sunday that you would say, I wanna surrender my life to Jesus today? Maybe you're here and you did that a long time ago. Today's the day you wanna recommit your life to seek him first. Maybe this is your very first time that you've never known Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you wanna surrender your life to him. Would you just raise your hand? I wanna pray with you. Just shoot your hand up, don't waste it. God bless you. Anyone else? Come on, it'll be the best decision you've ever made. God bless you, I see your hand. Anyone that would say, I've been weak on my commitment to seek God first. I want that to change in 2023. Anybody there? I'm raising my hand. Hands all over the place. 